What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. There's so many things that we're going to want to remember that our kids have done over the years. And I think just in my selfishly in my part, Joey, I want to share this little note that Ryan, my nine-year-old gave me just this morning. And I think it's a good lead in to our podcast today. All right. So, wait, wait, it, so for people that aren't watching this on our YouTube page, what explain what we're looking at here. So I, it, it, it seems like it's almost a daily occurrence that I get a little note. And today's note was, I am Betsy, which he's trying to play it off like this is coming from his older sister. <laughs> I ask you, can I have an ice cream bar or a, and then he, he, he scratches that off and put please, P-L-E-S, <laughs> with the yes or no box. <laughs> and that's the critical part. You got to have the yes or no box. I mean, he's, he's right now. There is no maybe, right? Mm. He's under, he's, he's learning cells that yeses or nos are acceptable, but maybes are not right. Like maybes are the worst. Mm. And I, I feel like it's so applicable to today's conversation as we're talking about when is speculative investing. Okay. And to some degree, is it okay? Checkbox, yes or no, Joey? Well, this is where I'm going to add the maybe. No, right? you I, do I a maybe. <laughs> no maybes. You just maybe. said maybes are the worst. Or maybe maybe the box says it depends, right? And I think you're going to get that from this episode from hearing our coaches talk about when does it make sense, right? When are... It, it, the bigger part about this is as you're listening to us say this, you don't even know potentially what speculative investing is. Are you in the middle of doing speculative investments right now that you don't even realize is happening under your nose? I, I think you're, you're connecting to words that should not be connected, Joey. Okay. Tell me more. Investing should not be speculative. We have okay. combined those two words and they should not be combined. In this podcast, I go into a little bit of detail as to what I believe investing really means and what it should have meant and what it meant 30 years ago. Speculation is different, but yet now speculation has been attached to investing, most specifically investing as Google's definition revealed to us in stocks. Right. Exactly. With some hope of return, but with the risk of loss, those two words should not be together. Am I investing or am I speculating? I don't think there is or should be 
speculative investing. And I think this is what's going to challenge you as you listen to this podcast is all the coaches go around, lots of great information, and you can answer for yourself, should you be speculating, yes or no? Joey, let's pull our seat up to the table and belly up. Belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them, and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Glad to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow-through guy just didn't sound that cool. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. What's up, brother? How are you? How am I? Yeah. Uh, amazing. I mean, you weren't, you weren't with me out at the golf course this afternoon so, or this morning, so I'm just curious how your day's been. Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> <laughs> that saying does need to come back. Also, that tells you that you're getting old because only old guys say stuff like that. <laughs> Joey, let me ask you a question. Yes. When is speculative investing okay? There is a time and there's a place. But it it's not what you think. I'm going to leave it with that. I'm going to lead off with that because <laughs> speculation. <That's> so lame. <laughs> what? Dude, that is so true. Speculation is something that I think most people don't even realize that they're doing. And once they realize what it is and what they're doing, they will be very few of the, the very few times that they would feel like it's the right time for them. Okay, one second. Uh, parents with kids, earmuffs. Is this like a resting bitch face thing you're talking about here? <laughs> what? I, I don't but, see the connection. But you said that they, they don't even recognize that they're doing it, but once they do, they stop, right? I mean, somebody with a, a natural resting frowny face, once somebody's pointed that out to them, they they get those cheeks perked up from that point forward, right? Is that kind of, is that the I the guess in, in a long way, uh, you know, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can go that route. All right. But I, let's just not, this needs to be bigger than you and I. Please, let's move on. Uh, yeah, we are not sitting at this table alone, man. Gratefully, we're not. We, we're joined by the dream team of financial coaches. To my left, to my left, Mr. Incredible. Glad to have you back, my brother. His superpower to his speed to financial freedom and the real beauty of that speed is it's contagious. My man, JD Hill. Say hello to your fans, JD. Hey fans. Um, can we have a do-over? Like, <laughs> is there a, a restart button? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we got RBF comments, you know, Joey is fumbling over his words. Uh, he can barely make a coherent sentence. Um, I'm just excited that, uh, me, Mark and Ernie are going to be able to clean it up and, and get us back on track. 
I deserve that. I, yes. I deserve that. Well, I'm glad that to see the five of us back in a room together, it's been a long time. I mean, I, I, I've been struggling without you, to be honest, and grateful to have you here. Hey, well, I'm, I am, uh, I appreciate you gassing me up. Uh, flattery gets you very far with me. So thank you for that. And I'm glad <laughs> to be here. Well, is speculative investing okay? And if so, when? Uh, it can be. Uh, and when? Um, I want to answer that whenever we get into the actual meat of the show, because I got a lot to talk about on this. Oh, Thank man. you, JD. Russ is the king of literally asking a question that is not in the order in which we have said we're going to talk about this topic. Well, you know why? Because you're Cause annoying. Because you, I've never listened or read any notes that you guys have ever had. I come into this fresh, man. I'm just like everyone else listening right now, just curious, curious. All right, let's get around to the table. I, I want to get to my right, the retiree of the group, Mr. Catch Me If You Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna, he's dropping gold nuggets right here. The one and only Mr. Mark Carguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. You, you, you kind of threw me off there because normally I, I'm, I'm always like tail end Charlie on this one. Like I'm, I'm listening and then I'm like, oh, no, no, he's reading off his, is he reading off his notes? Because that means he's going to stay in a sequence. But you must have done some cutting and pasting while you were on the sabbatical there. Nah, man, I like to mix it up, man. Keep you guys on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I think this is going to be a super fun topic. You know, speculative investing. Uh, if, if you go back to the foundational pieces of, you know, one of the things that we share with a lot of our, our clients is the hierarchy of wealth, mm-hmm. right? You know, as you move up that pyramid, if you satisfy level one, which is cash, two is control, three is now passive income assets. Most people are going to park it right there. They're not going to feel the need to step into the speculative arena, or maybe they've stepped out and they don't want to go back in. But to this question, you know, when is speculative investing okay? It depends. There is, I think there is a time and a place, but you've got to figure out what's your why and how is this thing going to fit? And is it going to be something that's going to help you move forward? Um, so knowing the difference of, of what actually it is you're doing, like Joey was saying, I think a lot of people are speculating and, and they just don't even know it, you know? So let, let's, let's start uncovering some of those things to help you better understand when might it be okay or is it ever going to be okay for you? Thank you, no. Mark. And thank you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mark, for actually answering the question instead of these two draft dodgers over here won't even get into it you know <laughs> all right let, let, let's mix it up let's bring the true sherlock holmes of our day into the room no problem too difficult to solve if i'd only known him earlier i would have been so much richer says everybody mr downtown ernie brown nice to see Ern. what's up nice to be seen are, are you willing to to hop in the water it's warm of course i i'm here i might as well yeah. I mean, hey, it took us a little bit to get the show going. Now we're off to a roaring, roaring pace. Tell I almost me. don't even want to hear myself. I'm ready to move on. But I would say speculative investing is okay when it, it is okay. It's not great compared to what we know now. Tell me more. That's just my sideways take. Let's move on. No, no. I, I'm, I, I'm wanting to know more. You got to tell me more. Why, why is it okay? It's just not great. Well, it's it's okay sometimes. I'd say early 2022, it's not been so great. Our speculative market-based investments that people who don't listen to this show might be making. 
they would say it's not okay. It's worse than that. Uh, but man, my real estate's going great. I love that. You hear your passive income report every month on this podcast. Sounds like that's going pretty great too. I don't want it to be just okay. You want to be great. You you want to be Tony the Tiger in this thing. Absolutely. Fill me up. Yeah. I got it. I, I'm with you. All right. So you guys have set the stage for this. I think the the main things we need to cover today is what is speculation, right? For some people, that's a term that they just aren't familiar with. So I think we need to break that down. What is the alternative, right? Is it cash flow or is it appreciation, right? Which which one of those do we really want to focus on? And when, if ever, does speculation make sense? So, um, Joey, Maybe this is why you want to tell me why today's topic is important. The floor is yours. Well, I just think it's interesting because if somebody's listened to our show and they see this, this kind of a topic, it's kind of like it begs the reason why would you guys even be wanting to share this? Because they know that we're, we're largely on this show talking about the alternative to speculation. But the, I think the reason that some people you know, maybe confused is they don't even realize that what they've been doing, what Wall Street has taught them to do is speculation. They think it's savings. And, and I think we've mentioned this on the show many, many times, but it's because of the marketing that comes with Wall Street. Your 401k savings plan, it literally has it on the documents in most cases, when in actuality, all the dollars that are being siphoned from your paycheck on a, every single paycheck are being invested and they're not in things that have any sort of collateral that are backing them up. That to me is the epitome of speculation and most people don't even realize it's happening. JD, why do people take unnecessary risk in this world? I, I think there's a number of reasons. I, I, you know, I think for, the, for me, the reasons why I've, I've done it historically um, is to compensate for being a bad saver, right? I think, I think in a lot of ways, the reasons why people take unnecessary risks is because they're compensating for not being good savers. Mm. And so, um, they need the returns that they think they're going to get by speculating to offset their inability to actually save. Ern, do you think the majority of people know and understand what JD is laying out there? Do they understand what they're investing in as speculative? I think absolutely not. Just this week, this week, we were to dinner with a, with a couple and this guy shared with me that his retirement plan was down $10,000 and he had no idea why. And Joey, what you were saying is the vast majority of dollars inside qualified retirement plans are invested in, in most frequently in mutual funds. And, and he just had no idea what was going on in there. And so he was shocked that the money that he was saving for his retirement had gone down. Well, I want to add to what JD mentioned, just a additional thought to that. Let's make it practical because you say this flippantly, like, yeah, well, people are bad savers. So that's why they, they have to take unnecessary risk. Put it, have you ever been at the you know, Thanksgiving table or talking to a family member of some sort at any time. And they say, yeah, I, I've got it. I, I don't have much time, right? Time's not on my side 
fill like for my retirement. Well, that inherently tell they're telling you, I haven't d- done a good job of putting money away, at least what they're thinking for their retirement. And so they have to start getting a higher return somewhere. And is that, anybody that else is, that? That is true. But also the flip side, you talk to somebody who's just starting their investing journey. I'm just getting started so I can afford to take more risk. Oof. So both the sides. The same behavior for the person just getting started is the person who doesn't get started, gets started late. And it's the same behavior. They say, I've got to make up for lost time. Well, but understand though, that that's a lie that's perpetuated by Wall Street. Yes, any, sir. Sec- any, 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 any securities advisor that's ever carried a securities license, I, I have, Russ, you have. Right. That is a lie that Wall Street perpetuates and teaches is that, well, because you are young, you can actually take more risk. And it's easy for the advisor to say that because I actually have zero skin in the game. <laughs> Whether your money goes down or not has zero impact on my bank account. Right. Because it's not my money. Um, and so I just I, I think that that is a lie that is perpetuated by Wall Street uh, to get people to chase uh, to chase return, to get them to focus on the wrong things. Well, it's interesting that it used to be when people would invest using the actual word invest in the stock market, right? Let's go back 30, 40 years ago. Were they investing? I I think the answer is yes. I think they were investing in companies that were, were growing and they were just a part of that growing you know, equity in that business. They were adding capital into the business. They were, they were investing in companies that they were behind, the GEs, the GMs, the Coca-Colas, right? Like they, they used those products. They lived in um, homes that used those products. They, they could see how they were a part of the fabric of America, if you will. But as time has gone on, the, the, the stock market has no longer become investing right? Because investing, the thought would be that I would have a return. I would have a return of my principal and return on my principal. But that is no longer what we're dealing with. We said one of the things we need to figure out is what is speculation? I I type in trusty Google here, just the word speculation, knowing it'll give me a definition. And the second definition it uses, which I found really interesting, by the way, it says investment in stocks property or other ventures in the hope of gain, but with the risk of loss. My guess is if you were looking at a Webster's Dictionary 30 years ago, it wouldn't have included that, right? Because the idea of investing was not speculative. It wasn't this thought or this risk of loss in, in its true nature. They would have thought, well, I'm going to get it back. I just may not get back tons of it or interest on it but they expected a return. But now we look at the stock market and even Google's definition, whoever's coming up with this, is looking at investing in stocks as speculative. What says you, Joe, on that? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't around 30 years ago looking at what Google said because Google really wasn't around then. But um, what I... I can tell you what speculation has meant for me. And it's that, it's that kind of sidebar conversation that happens at the office when somebody's like, man, listen, I feel the need to tell you this because 
if this hits the way that I think it will, I'm, I'm going to always kick myself for not having told you, but I don't know if it's a good deal or not. I'm just, I'm just telling you I'm investing in it. And I think it's something you should look into. Have you ever, if you're driving right now and someone has ever told you that, that is the equivalent of speculation. Okay. Uh, now, granted, if it's, it's usually, it can be fill in the blank. It could be a, a real estate deal because what's tied to it. And it's what you just said in that, um, in that it kind of definition was the hope of appreciation, right? The growth of something that is not here today and it's not known. It's just in the future. It's something that could possibly happen. And for me, it was a diamond company that was a penny stock <laughs> that I have a massive stock certificate with millions and millions of shares of literally nothing. CMKM diamonds. Okay. Look it up. I actually, you know, I need to go dig deep into the, uh, the issues that are still there. But my point is I have a worthless piece of paper because my friend didn't want me to miss out on something. Oh, that's speculation. He didn't want you to miss out, nor did you want to miss out. So you, you had that FOMO and you went ahead and wrote a check. Absolutely. And by the way, it, if you've ever speculated, think about what's going through your brain at that time. I'm about to write the check. How big of a check do I write? Well, I mean, I mean, it has to be enough money to where if I lose it, it doesn't break the bank. It doesn't hurt me. But man, if this thing hits, I don't want it. I mean, I can't just play small ball here. Like this, this is like, look at the feed right now. People are talking about these diamonds. They just hit in Africa in this mine. And like, dude, you don't want to miss out on this. I can't. So I'm going to push that check a little bit higher. I mean, it's just an emotional game is what I'm trying to point out. How you never got hooked into selling Amway. I don't know, based upon some of these decisions you've made. How do you know I didn't? <laughs> That's well, well, Joey, Joey, knowing your proclivity for speculative ventures, uh, I have a submarine screen door company. Um, we would love to sell you a screen door for your submarine. <laughs> Hey, does yeah, it that have that flex, that flex spray flex tape seal. on it? The flex seal, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm all over that. I'm invested in that company. Let's go. Hey, JD, you've got some ideas on what speculative. Give us some of your uh, your top speculative things out there. Well, so so real quick, I want to touch on that definition again because I think it's, it's really important. Um, so one of the definitions is uh, conjecture. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, uh, based on speculation rather than facts. And so I, I, I think that's really, really telling because I, again, it's, it's, it's based on hope, right? It's not based on, on fact. And, um, I have made speculative investments uh, in the past. And as we were talking about this yesterday, and for me, like when I would say like, Hey, when can you do this? If it's going to like completely and totally blow up the farm, right? If it's going to destroy everything, like don't bet the empire on a pot of gold is, is something that I heard yesterday, which I thought was fantastic. Um, you know, I had, I had put some money into uh, a crypto DAO. I don't even know what it is. Y'all heard me talk about this before. And um, it was with money that I could afford to lose. Like if I lost the money, it was going to have zero impact whatsoever on my financial freedom journey, literally zero impact. 
Uh, but I know three years ago, if I would have made that same investment, it would have had a massive impact on my financial freedom journey. And so we, we made this investment into this DAO that I have no idea what it is or how it even works, which is a big sign of don't do it, but I did it anyways. And um, the idea was that if I bet a certain amount of money and at the end of 12 months, I'm going to have like four or $5 million. And I was like, Hey, say less. Like I am into that. And uh, within like 30 days, my investment was down like 95%. <laughs> totally speculative. It was, it's without a doubt been the worst investment that I have ever made. Uh, I'm still in it, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Right. Uh, I think, I think it could still turn itself around. It likely won't. Um, but that is another example of, of making a speculative investment. Cause it was literally based on all hope. I had no idea what I was doing, but the idea of having like 10 Lambos in the future, cause that was how they kind of measured it. That, that was really exciting for me. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. I'm going to argue with you and say it will have an impact on your financial freedom journey. And I say it's going to have an impact in a positive way. Would you like to know Ooh, why I, I like that. that? I like that. Yeah, to elaborate on that. It, when we make dumb decisions, right? When we mm, invest in on. fake diamond mines and fake crypto DAOs and Iron City cattle, right? Like when we, when we make really <laughs> dumb decisions with money, it has an impact because we should be learning, right? And the fact that we're on this podcast, you're listening to this podcast, I'd say dumb decisions have impact because we're constantly learning. If you weren't a learner, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So when you make those decisions, then you evaluate. I was on a call today with a member of our Pacific Mastermind uh, member, and he, he said something I thought was really interesting. He is a fighter pilot. And he says, one of the things that they do after they've gone on a mission, that they spend up to 12 hours debriefing. And they spend 100% of their time on the 10% of the stuff that went wrong. They don't even talk about the things that went right. So they spend 12 hours debriefing after the mission to talk about the 10% of the stuff that went wrong. And I think that that's a great example of us learning right? Like when we make mistakes, how can we learn from those mistakes so that they will impact our journey for the positive going forward? Agree? A hundred percent. It taught me a lot about needing to better understand, obviously, what it is that I'm, I'm investing in. I think, I think something else too is it helped to actually get me refocused back to the end goal, um, right? Because you know, I've, um, I've got someone that, you know, I, I, I work with awesome individual and they are all over the place in terms of what they want to invest in. And, and they do invest in literally everything. And, and he was asking me recently, you know, Hey, do you think I should do this? And I was like, let's, let's slow down a minute. Right. And, and let me ask, 
is this decision that you're going to make right now going to get you closer to financial freedom today or is it going to delay it, right? Because this individual wants to stop working as soon as possible. And some of these um, investments are cash flow positive, but in two or three or four years, right? And some are even longer. And so as we started really evaluating in totality, like what it was that he's looking to invest in, it helped to reshape for him or reframe for him. Okay. I didn't think about it from that perspective. I know I'm doing good in terms of investing in, in to create financial freedom, but I'm actually not getting there faster in terms of today, but I will get there in the future. And so uh, for me, when I, after making that decision on investing in the Dow, it really helped to, to reframe, okay, I need to stop chasing shiny objects uh, and get better focused on like, where are you actually going? And is that getting you closer to where you actually want to be? I know I got to get to you, Mark, but I, it made me think of something. And, and while I think that there's value in this too, I I feel like there's opportunities that we we get or give ourselves license to dream every once in a while. I used to go to, you know, I go, I'm a big Braves fan, drive over from Alabama to Atlanta, go to a Braves game. Well, Atlanta or Georgia as a, as a whole has a lottery that Alabama doesn't have. And I'd always inevitably have to get gas and I'd go inside and I'd get a, a lottery ticket. That lottery ticket gave me license to dream, it, to think about things, right? Like to think about what's possible. If you had a quote unquote endless amount of money, what would you do with it? And not from a extravagant spending thing, which there are some nice shoes and you know cars in, the, in that dreaming process, but the things that are possible to do. And I, I think sometimes we don't we don't give ourselves license to dream. We don't we don't take time to actually plan out. Like you said yesterday, we were on a call and 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 the and the person sharing with us was sharing with us a hundred year plan. Now that blows our mind, right? I mean, there's no way any of us are going to be around a hundred years from now outside of Mark's grandma. And I'm I'm thinking of well, when you think like that, you have to dream, and that takes planning. That takes your your brain having to to process stuff that's not in the the here and now. And, and when you think about, you know, investing, whatever you invested in it being worth $5 million or whatever, I bet you, you started thinking about what would we do with this money? What are opportunities that would come our way? And that maybe is the, like a, a, a small way to take time into actually formulating thoughts that could then coherently be written down later with actual real money, right? Because we know that those tickets aren't going to actually pay off, but what does it potentially spur on? So just a side story, Mark, what, what do you say about speculation? I think we should be moving this thing along here because speculation actually leads into the second one, the alternative, because two people's exact same opportunity, one could be a speculation and one could not be a speculation. For example, Russ, imagine you and I both look at a, a long-term rental, but I'm looking at it purely and, and they are identical homes, exactly identical performance, but I'm looking at it from a cash flow perspective. Is this thing going to make cash for me today? And you're looking at it going, hmm, what is this thing going to be worth in the future? You're speculating, you're prospecting, you are betting, the, betting your investment on a potential future. So I like to compare it to what, well, I want cash flow today versus the hope and prayer of appreciation tomorrow. So like JD's point, is this going to get me closer or further from financial freedom today or am I, am I delaying it till further? Um, and then I'll leave you with this one here, which is 
anyone who's betting on appreciation, uh, make sure that you are not banking the farm on it. Because I'll give you an example of a property I had in Hawaii. We were getting ready to sell it. At that time, the market for this unit was going to be $330,000, which was going to be an awesome windfall profit for me. As my realtor was getting ready to hit enter on his MLS listing for my property, my neighbor listed his for 290 grand. One keystroke, $40,000 evaporated immediately. Mm. Appreciation can happen. And to me, that's the icing on the cake. But if you're banking on a level of appreciation that far exceeds kind of, I think, the, the realm of rational, then you might be in for a lot of hurt because stuff's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it in the future. Well, here, here's what I'd throw into that conversation too, is sometimes we're hoping for that pot of gold at the end. And like you said, too oftentimes people make their investments based upon the big payoff in the end. But what, what, what do we know happens to investments that cash flow? They're worth more, right? I mean, we're, we're trying to increase the NOI on a lot of the real estate deals that we're, that we're working with them. So when, when we create cash flow, we create a deal worth selling. We create our own pot of gold and it's, it's trackable, it's measurable, it's predictable based upon the cash flow that it's producing. Because we know as investors, what would I trade? How much money would I trade to create this amount of cash flow? And if we're buying assets that are producing cash flow, we know we're making a good trade. I think when people speculate, they don't know if they're making a good trade because they don't actually have any immediate measurement to know if it's working. We, one of the things we heard yesterday is that we should bet, invest on today's value and on the, on the baseline scenario, not on the future hope of it being worth you know, 10x. You know, in this environment, it's going to be worth x. Well, what's it worth today? That's what we should be basing our investments on. Joe, you want to jump in there? What do you think about appreciation versus cash flow? What should we be focused on? Well, I, I think the interesting mindset shift that has to take place, if you're, as you're listening to this and you're wondering, am I stuck in the speculation game? The, the question is, is the thing that I'm investing in creating more freedom today? Or is it something I have to hope that is going to change in the future? If, if that is the, the answer to your question is I'm having to wait on something in the future, it is not, that is speculation. The alternative is today, how do I create freedom? And it has to be cash flow. It has to be the thing that I'm investing in is a known um, producer of cash flow. And it then will start to cover my monthly expenses and then provide the freedom for us to do anything outside of that. So we we talk about this all the time on the show. So I don't, it's not something we probably need to beat like a dead horse here, but passive income greater than monthly expenses is the answer to the, the thinking problem that, that drives you to speculate. I don't understand why that's the saying, by the way, why are we beating a dead horse? That doesn't make sense. All right, Ern, I'm going to, I'm going to move on to you. I want to, I want to, ask when does speculation make sense? Yeah. Well, I think there's, but I'm, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to speak. <laughs> it, I would say it, it, it makes sense sometimes, but I'll contend 
that the majority of investments being made are speculative and the minority of people know it. So if, if that is what's going on, when is speculation appropriate? It's when the exact opposite of that is true. <laughs> when the majority of people know that it's speculative and they make it a minority of their investments. So what are we looking for? Speculative investments would be akin to a, a Hail Mary or a Grand Slam or the little sugary thing you'll eat after your meal. It, it is not the substance for what you're solving for. It's the meat and potatoes. It's the, it's the base hit. It's the draw play. It's, it's what moves the ball forward and gets you closer to your goal, which is cash flow greater than your monthly expenses. So once you have, have solved for those things, then what remains, you can, you can put in play for the hope of some major wins. That would be my perspective. It's, this is the money ball to investing, right? We're, we're looking for a guy that can get on base here on a regular basis. That's right. Play the, play the stats. Right. It, getting, I mean, it's when you're playing cash flow, right? What's the objective? Is to create more cash flow than we have monthly expenses. I think too oftentimes people think the game is to get around and get the paycheck or in Monopoly to get to cross go. No, the, the goal is to get the properties that pay off the highest returns and sock it to people when they land on them, right? <laughs> we just got to understand the game that we're playing. And I think as you were saying that, Ern, is that people aren't understanding the game. They're playing, they're playing the game that, that Wall Street wants them to play, right? They, they think they're playing the game to win, and they're playing a game that only loses, if you realize the game is to have more cash flow than you have monthly expenses, then you will focus on the investments that you make. Are they creating more cash flow than the expense associated with it? And when the person says, what cash flow? <laughs> you know, that's a good, good indicator that you're in the wrong investment. And can I, I want to quote um, our good friend, Mitch Steven Russ. When you okay. talk about the timing of getting into speculation or speculative investing, he put it really well. He talks about his moat strategy, right? When I have a castle, I've built this castle. I want to put a moat around it. And that moat is there. He, he calls that when his monthly expenses are covered by cash flow. So it's the same idea of what we're talking about. But he said, that gives me the freedom and the safety to go out, drop, drop my drawbridge, go out and try something new, and then come back with arrows in my back Pull, pull the drawbridge back, back in so I can heal, pull these things out, so on and so forth. And I'm not affected. My, my empire, as JD mentioned earlier, has not been lost by whatever I speculated on. And that's just to me as a visual that if you don't have that moat set up, that's the first place to start. And that's what this inner circle is all about, right? I mean, this, this is what we join together every week to mastermind around what is it that you need to do to take the next step to create that moat and working with one of these coaches is the first step to that. So I'll, I want to put in a plug here, get on the phone with these guys, wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call, and they will walk you through how to be a part of this and how to get your own moat set up. Joey, you're, what you were saying there remind me of something that was on my little Snoopy calendar. 
He said, I used to think you were a great engineer. She said, once I even loved you, but you've gotten too big for your bridges. <laughs> Thank you for that, Russ. I, I don't know <laughs> what we would have done without that. On That's my show. final thought. Thank JD, you. JD, what's your final thought for the day? This podcast sponsored by Jeannie my- Craig. <laughs> <laughs> my final thought is um, absent of clarity. Uh, you are likely to make a decision um, that is speculative, right? Absent of clarity of where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish, any financial decision may feel like a good decision. And if you don't have this, the, the, um, Russ, what you were talking about in terms of like creating cash flow and those types, you're able to make those types of decisions because you're extremely clear on the objective that you're trying to accomplish. And most people are unclear about that. Uh, and so the, the, my final thoughts would be, um, clarity is unbelievably important to help prevent you from making really, really bad financial decisions. Mark, how about you? As you look back at what we talked about, you know, what is speculation? Oops, I need to, un- yeah, I am. What's speculation? What's the alternative? And when does speculation make sense? Kind of tie it all together is if you go back to that hierarchy of wealth, as you're moving up the hierarchy, you are increasing risk and starting to give up some control. But how do we really mitigate risk? Some people would say that investing in long-term rentals is risky. Buying some of these places that are, you know, B and maybe B minus uh, type areas might be risky. Well, how do you mitigate that? Well, with education, you get you get wise to what you're doing. You get wise to the markets, wise to the demographics, wise to the people that you're surrounding yourself with and you're working with. That's how you mitigate risk. And so that's why I believe that there could be a time and a place for speculation, but not everybody needs to do it and not everybody wants to do it. A lot of people are going to get through levels one, two, and three and park it right there and say, you know what? I don't need to step into that next arena. I don't need to do maybe uh, some type of super uber speculative thing that has a tremendous amount of risk, but a potential high reward. And so that just comes from education, right? Um, my dad had a, had a poster he, he gave us as a kid and it shows this rat and it's staring at a rat trap. And the, the, the quotation is, you know, good judgment comes from experience. And then the next sentence is experience comes from bad judgment. So take the lessons you learn and try not to repeat them going forward. How about you, Ern? Final thoughts? Man, wow. That's hard to follow. If, if you're saying what the heck is a hierarchy of wealth, as Mark was just talking about, you can go into, you can join or go into our online community, wealthofthatwallstreet.com forward slash community and search hierarchy of wealth. There's, there's podcasts, there's posts, there's conversations about that. And you can learn the consecutive steps for investing in, in our view from what we've learned. Uh, but my, my final thought would be, uh, this, is, this is about attention, I think. The most exciting thing is dessert. At least for me, it is. And if you spend all your time focusing on the water cooler conversation, the shiny object syndrome, the, the deal of the week, uh, you, you might be led astray. Your, your clarity might slip away, or that will be in direct competition for you ever gaining clarity that life could look different if you had cash flow. 
And, you know, unfortunately, I just know that the person listening to this, you know, they're, they're six steps down the path ahead of that. They, they don't need to hear this. But my observation from my community is that the majority of the attention is given to the sugar products, the, the hope of massive return of accumulation. And man, I just wish for them so much to get on the path of creating financial freedom today of growing in their understanding and experience and what cash flowing deals look like, and then having the discipline to pursue them over a period of time. I, I'm certain that the outcome is much greater than the alternative. So good. All right, Stallion, I'm going to let you have the final thought of the day. Man, uh, so much pressure because these guys have said it so well. But I think that the big thing for me is if this was a wake-up call to you, that I have been speculating. I didn't even think about it. Like that's our hope today is that you walk away saying, I mean, let's just be honest. I, when I first learned about this, the choice of to stop putting money into a 401k that was being matched a hundred percent by my employer Hmm. became super easy, Hmm. ridiculously easy. And it didn't make sense to everybody else because I was clear on this was not going to get me to what I was really after. And that's what I think we've already said it. That's what this community exists for is to help you stay focused on what it is you're trying to accomplish and all those other decisions become simple. So I'm not going to continue down that path, but that's, that's what I would say. So good. And I'll, I'll leave you with this one last quote from our friend Sharon Shravatsa, he says, every, every money decision needs a money plan. And I think too often times we don't build in what that money plan is. We just use the money, whether it's spending it, investing it, creating it. We don't have that plan to go with it. So, so, so good. I know this has been a great interview for us to, to share some thoughts. Hopefully you took something away from it. We'd love for you, if you have not already taken us up on the opportunity to join the community, as Aaron said, go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash community, and you can join almost 6,000 other people who are on that journey of creating financial freedom. And you can find out if you should be within this inner circle group whose focus is to find ways to build streams of income that can help them get out of their current role that they're in and find ways that can help them uh, mitigate some of the taxes and help them find ways to uh, build infinite banking and other infrastructure around what they're doing. Or if you're somebody who has more more money than time and you're looking to be around a, a select group of people who have done things at a high level and you feel like maybe you're the big fish in your pond and, and you need to be challenged to, to grow in your investing journey and you wanna be a more well-rounded investor, then you can join us as well inside of our Passive Income Mastermind. So either way, coming through our community, you get access and um, in, um, introduced to those sort of groups so that you can participate in whatever level best fits you. As always, we really appreciate you uh, joining us. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.